Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Matt Christensen. This is the Matt Christensen Hour on Tenet Media. Thanks for tuning in. I am joined, as always, by my producer down under, Tim. Tim, how are you? Ah, not too bad. A little bit tired today, but other than that, not bad. Some exciting producer news momentarily. Hey, nobody wants to join the party just yet. We're sending out guest invitations all over because, as I mentioned in last week's launch episode, one of my goals for this production is talking to newsmakers, talking to the people in the news. So far, they're very shy. Uh, but we'll keep at it. Or they've determined that we are not a worthy platform. One of the two. But we will concentrate on improving our reputation and our notoriety until they are interested in coming. But uh, that just means that it's Tim and me for some news roundup this evening, which is fine because it is a highly entertaining news cycle right now. Dickie Haley and her ammunition heels are calling for the end of uh, online anonymity, or at least she did for about five seconds until she got a bunch of backlash and is now backtracking on that particular idea, saying that's not really what she meant, even though it's pretty clear that's what she meant. Uh, there is, there's been an arrest of a, of an officially unknown man. We don't know who he is, but he's been arrested and is now released in that crazy hockey neck slashing, uh, incident in the UK a few weeks ago, which, um, is very awkward as well, because this unknown man who was arrested and released just received a standing ovation the other day. Uh, eight teens have now been arrested in Las Vegas after the brutal and fatal beating of another teen in a fight over AirPods, apparently, and a vape pen, potentially. Uh, reportedly on murder charges and to be tried as adults. And of course, Congress gets way more entertaining because now instead of filibusters, we're getting cage match challenges, which I appreciate. Uh, Kevin McCarthy doesn't even bother with the challenge, it sounds like. He's just punching guys or elbowing guys in the kidneys. So we'll get to all that. But before we do a little bit of housekeeping, some of the feedback I got from the show's debut that I can understand uh, is that without producer Tim on camera, it can be a little bit confusing and jarring just to hear this voice of God coming from off the screen. So with the help of a listener, we got to thinking, how can we give Tim a visual representation while of course protecting his anonymity that he shouldn't have anyway, according to Nikki Haley. Ideally, I wanted to go with an Australian theme and reveal, uh, reveal Tim as a talking kangaroo or a koala or a wallaby or a boomerang or a didgeridoo. Alas, uh, technical limitations prevent that. So we've decided to present Tim in his authentic cultural clothing, the crocodile Dundee outfit. So now when Tim chimes in, I will try my best to remember to put him up on the screen so the presentation isn't quite as confusing visually. And maybe Tim can fulfill his true uh, destiny to become a talking kangaroo. Uh, Tim, you have... Well, you're the one who designed this particular Dundee. Do you want to defend yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Can't be a kangaroo yet because I haven't found a single doctor who will perform a tranimal affirmation surgery. They're all okay. bigots. They're all horrible people. Um I am looking for other alternative avatars. The Zoom ones are a lim little bit limited. Uh, if anyone knows any better way, feel free to email Matt at Matt, Matt, Matt ChristiansonMedia.com because um, I know there are other ways to do this, and this is quite frankly the shittest-looking crocodile Dundee I've ever seen, and I have seen uh, the third film. Anyone that's what? watched that knows uh, it's a pretty low bar. Anybody who's come from my other shows, my Sunday show or even the Wednesday show, I pride myself on making what I call a duct tape production. What I want is enough professionalism to be respected, but not so much that you uh, you get full of yourself. You know, you, you lose touch with uh, you lose touch with the uh, the spirit of, of building something from nothing. You know what I mean? Like having having things be a little bit janky just so they're kind of funny. And so Tim's Crocodile Dundee, I think, is in the duct tape spirit a little bit. But you know what? It's not that bad because uh, I tried to make you a Steve Irwin. And uh, my, Steve Ir my Steve Irwin looked way more uh, ambiguously transgender than your Dundee, I think. Yeah, yeah. This is, this so, is yeah, it's really kind of horrible. So we're not going yeah. with the Steve Irwin. We're going with the Dundee. At least Dundee has the Dundee hat. And uh, I guess a vest to go with it, too. 
And uh, speaking of it, I, I'm glad I didn't dishonor Steve in that way, because as luck would have it or as coincidence would have it, today is Steve Irwin Day. And uh, I'm not I wasn't sure why Steve Irwin Day is November 15th. Uh, because that's neither his birthday nor his day of death. But upon research, I discovered that November 15th is the birthday of one of his favorite animals, Harriet the Galapagos land tortoise, who lived to be 175 years old. So have a crikey for Steve today. And um, and I guess we should appreciate that we didn't uh, dishonor Steve with such a terrible avatar choice. In uh, another listener contribution to the soundboard that I think will fit nicely for this show. Tim, are you aware of the uh, TV show Home Improvement from the 90s with Tim Allen? Yeah, yeah, know that one definitely. That was uh, one I quite enjoyed as a as a younger man. Yeah, uh, it's on Disney Plus, at yes. least here in Australia at the moment. I don't know if you guys have it in America on Disney Plus, but yeah, you it can, is available. You so. can watch it on demand, you say. I didn't know that because I actually liked watching... Uh, Reruns of the show Home Improvement uh, when I was a young man. But uh, Richard Karn, of course, played Tim Allen's assistant Al on the uh, TV show. The TV show in the TV show. Tool time. And of course, Al always had a catchphrase for dismissing Tim's foolish ideas. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> so I will be uh, using that particular yeah, sound I, I, very well. I do have to interject here because it makes it sound like you think that I'm going to be presenting so many foolish ideas and doing it so frequently that you're going to need some way of drawing attention to it, which, you know, it's, I, I find kind of offensive. It may be true, but that doesn't mean that you actually have think to so, highlight Tim. it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. Last little announcement here. Uh, I mentioned last week that uh, Super Chat was not yet enabled, but was coming. My understanding is it is indeed functioning uh, now, both on YouTube and on Rumble. So if you'd like to support the show and support Tenant Media, that is an option for doing so. We will set aside some time at the end of each stream to read a few of them at Tim's selection. I know on my prior Wednesday show, we did read all of them. I'm uh, trying to keep this show a little bit tighter, so I won't be reading all of them for this show, but we will get to a few to close. And of course, thanks for supporting the show and for supporting Tenant if you decide to contribute a super chat. But Let's get uh, into the news because, uh, of course, fresh off her debate performance uh, in which she earned her new nickname as Dick Cheney in heels and repeatedly referenced ammunition in these heels, which nobody understands and she still won't explain. Presidential candidate Nikki Haley is now calling anonymous Internet posts a national security threat, or at least she did yesterday. Because Chinese and Iranian and other foreign bots love to do it, apparently. Um, and so in her appearance on Fox last night, Haley said that if she becomes president, in uh, her first order of business, at least on social media, will be to force social media companies to make their algorithms public, uh, as in what they promote and what they downgrade. Second order of business, all accounts must be verified and you have to use your real name because that creates accountability for all you trolls. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden, people have to stand by what they say, and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids, and it's going to help our country. All right. As many have noted correctly in response, uh, you know, many of our founding fathers actually wrote under pseudonyms. They wrote anonymously using pen names. Uh, including Hamilton and Madison writing the Federalist Papers, uh, as in the essays that explain the philosophy behind our uh, constitutional design. Now, why did they do that? I that would have been a great follow-up question for Nikki at the time, and maybe she would answer that if someone asks it now. But the entire point of protecting free speech is protecting what? Protecting unpopular speech. Protecting the ability specifically to speak truth to power. One way to protect the truth from the power that opposes it is to make it harder for that power to identify the speaker 
making it harder for the power to punish that speaker for that truth. That is the value of anonymous speech, and that's why anonymous, anonymous speech has been a value in our country's history. But there's also the point about the safety of the speaker, because I do gather that Nikki Haley cares uh, much more about uh, foreign entanglements than American matters. So consider these scenarios. Uh, scenarios. You're a Ukrainian reporter who uh, tracks Russian war crimes. Might you want to shield your identity from Putin in such a scenario? Or you're an Israeli reporter who tracks Hamas at the Gaza border. Might you want to shield your identity from Hamas? Now, there's also the point that uh, using a pen name shields the reader from bias against the writer. Why do we do blind taste tests, for example? Well, we want to remove the bias that you may have against the producer of that product, or in the case of speech, against the speaker. The idea is you should listen to the speech for its own merit, not with any bias against who's actually delivering the message. Tim, you had a thought on that. Yeah, and we have seen that a lot these days uh, when we'll hear things like, you can't talk about this subject because you're not gay, trans, a woman, a black person, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that creates a natural limitation on potentially the best ideas being put forth because a person's in the wrong group. And so when they try to put their ideas forth, they're not going to be listened to because, again, they're not in the group they need to be in. Um, and I just think we're going to see that on a massive scale if we try to force people to put a name to an idea that might prove unsafe in the particular part of the world they're in. Yeah. Um, I mean, just because they're not in America, it doesn't mean they shouldn't be afforded anonymity. You've got things like, you know, the Chinese church uh, uh, operates underground quite often, a bunch of countries where people have to do things in basically in secret like that because there is a danger to them uh, presenting their ideas or talking about certain things. Um, I just think Nikki Haley is likely to get a bunch of people shot in foreign countries or even well, worse. She loves because, that, though. That's, that's yeah. great. That's great news. But anyway, yeah, I think, you, I think you, it's would just say, gonna... you would say these things as a white male. It's entirely predictable, which is the point. You should. <laughs> we need to get you a racially ambiguous avatar. Uh, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have anything else to say on that? No, but I, I just think, yeah, in terms of that, um, it's just a I think part of this is also part of why I think uh, you could argue maybe she's a bit more Democrat than she is Republican, because Democrats often have that that very limited view where they don't tend to see the larger picture or the further steps down the line of the ideas that they're trying to put forth. Yeah. Uh, to the point that you're making, why do we use the phrase don't shoot the messenger? The reason we use that phrase is we're supposed to evaluate the content of the message, not the character or whatever traits of the speaker or the person delivering the message. But Nikki is saying, absolutely shoot the messenger. Uh, when, when she says, well, you, you wouldn't say that in church. You wouldn't say that with your family. Right. That's the point. I don't know if you noticed over the last three plus years of all this corona nonsense, there was all kinds of social pressure to self-censor to promote nonsensical ideas about masks and social distancing and the vaccine and all sorts of idiotic ideas. We had family members turning on family members, church leaders turning on their congregations, the point is we need places to discuss these matters without putting our heads on the social chopping block because that's how the truth gets exposed. And that raises the question, where does the truth come from? Why, why do we care about protecting uh, these unpopular ideas? Well, it's because that open battle of ideas is how we find the truth. It's, it's the only and the best mechanism we have to find that truth. So we need to maximize the ways of participating in that battle, not maximize the punishment for having an unpopular view, which is what she's talking about. You don't get to the truth the way that Haley is suggesting. What you get is a bunch of groupthink and punishment for anyone who disagrees. By the way, very likely to be unconstitutional anyway. I'm not sure if there is any Supreme Court precedent on the federal government imposing an identification requirement to speak publicly. I have serious doubts that would uh, pass constitutional scrutiny. Tim, you want to say something? Well, I think the really interesting thing is you, if you listen to what she said, she kind of has said 
Um, and yeah, I think you just referenced it. Um, the idea of if people had to put their name to it, they are going to be maybe a bit more restricted on the speech. She's literally standing up and saying, I want to try and create a situation where people, their speech is going to be abridged. That's quite literally against the First Amendment. So I think you could quite easily make a legal argument that the motive behind what she's doing is actually unconstitutional. So, Well, it's bad guy speech. It's troll speech. You know, what value is that anyway? Nikki Haley should determine the value, not that battle of ideas, apparently. Uh, now, I've heard this idea, too, about... Um, well, why don't why don't we try to cultivate both things like on social media? Why don't you have an identity identification required area? And why don't you have an anonymous area? Uh, I, I suppose that's better than requiring identification for all speaking online. But if you do that, guess where everyone's going to hang out? They're going to hang out in the anonymous area because the only place where anything interesting and thought provoking or taboo will be said is where people can say it anonymously. The identity required area will be nothing but pleasantries and talking about the weather. And I'm all in favor of pleasantries and civility. Those things are very nice. Just in favor of the truth more. You, you'll always want the mean truth over a pleasant lie. And that's the reason that we want to protect anonymous speech. But Nikki Haley is already backtracking. I... I, I, I Earlier in the day, I, I didn't think she had an official statement on this. I guess this isn't from Nikki Haley herself necessarily. But a reporter at Real Clear News got a statement from the campaign, the Nikki Haley campaign that reads, Americans have a right to free speech, including having anonymous accounts on social media. What Nikki doesn't support is letting the Chinese and the Iranians create anonymous accounts to spread chaos and anti-American filth among our people. They're doing that as we speak. And it is a national security threat. Social media companies have to do a way better job policing that. Clearly, Ron DeSantis wants to let Chinese propaganda machines run wild on social media without any restrictions. Okay, I assume that was probably in response to some criticism that Ron DeSantis may have offered. It's not really a clarification as much of a, a backtrack, of course, because you go back and look at what she said. We all heard it, okay? She was not talking about just Chinese and Iranian bots and foreign threats. She said in the quote, the second thing, Every person on social media should be verified by their name. She didn't say just foreign nationals using American social media platforms or something like that. People with foreign IP addresses. Every person, including you, the American citizen. In her original quote, um, of course, she, she referenced people uh, standing by what they said as point one. Again, that has nothing to do with foreign bots. Uh, uh, so... And, and she said every person, uh, or, sorry, she referenced the importance of, uh, importance of civility. Remember, that was her key point, too. Oh, it's we have to protect civility here. Well, again, that has nothing to do with Chinese and Iranian bots. That's your personal taste in the tone of the conversation. It has nothing to do with foreign influence, though. And, you know, again, she said uh, if your pastor or your family member heard it, she was talking about you explicitly. She was not talking about foreign actors. We all know what she meant. We all heard what she meant. This is just a campaign cleanup mode while trying to say that, oh, no, 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 we you guys all misunderstood what she means instead of what's actually true, which is that uh, Nikki Haley is just wrong. And uh, many on Twitter are, are pointing out, hey, Nikki Haley should go by her real name because Nikki's not her real name. That's uh, that's a nickname. It is Nima Rata, maiden name Rondhawa. Nima Rata Rondhawa. You only we should only care what she has to say if she uses that name. Uh, Tim, you had a thought. Yeah, I um I heard that uh, Beta O'Rourke was attempted to be contacted for comment, but they couldn't get him because uh, yeah, I think he might have a few things to say about using a made up name. Ah, that's true. Does does he count either? Okay, well let's talk about uh, this arrest in the the hockey killing. Uh, this is, I, I would consider this to be extremely surprising news, actually, that there has been an arrest. Um, this was the freak hockey killing in the UK uh, a few weeks ago. If you missed the story, on October 28th, former NHL player Adam Johnson, who was playing for the Nottingham Panthers hockey team in England, died on the ice when another player, Matt Petgrave of the Sheffield Steelers, slashed his neck with a skate. And since then... 
there has been much debate about the intent of uh, Matt Petgrave in that incident, the man whose skate cut Johnson's neck. Now, I'm not a hockey guy. I've tried to understand and appreciate the sport. It's uh, it's not for me. So I'm not the guy to ask whether Petgrave's behavior on the ice was unusual or not. I've seen plenty of people who know way more about hockey than me say that it was pretty unusual. I'm not going to show the video on this stream because it might get us in trouble with the YouTube overlords. It's everywhere if you want to see it. In all my time of viewing hockey, which is limited, admittedly, I've never seen a skate that high. So to me, it does look awfully strange. I'm not saying that Petgrave tried to kill Adam Johnson, but I do think it is fair to question if he was attempting some kind of kick or some other kind of uh, unusual aggression on the ice. Now, the coverage here is um, is intentionally ambiguous, intentionally unclear. Now, part of that is because of how the cops in England are handling this. Part of it seems like deliberate obfuscation in the media coverage. But yesterday, quote, a man was arrested here, according to the AP coverage. Uh, police in England are not naming this man, but a man was arrested on suspicion of manslaughter. And uh, other reporting I've seen says he has since been released. Manslaughter, of course, meaning not an intentional killing without justification, as in a murder, but behaving with recklessness or behaving with negligence in a way that caused the death, albeit unintentionally. And even though the police aren't saying who they've arrested, because it sounds like they haven't, uh, well, it, I, I thought they hadn't brought charges, but now other coverage I see says they have brought manslaughter charges. I'm not exactly clear what the state of the official charges are over in England. In any situation, the police are not naming him yet. Everyone knows this is Petgrave, though, since Petgrave is the only one who possibly could have committed manslaughter on the scene. And so that arrest is now quite awkward because uh, only, I don't know, a couple days, this on Sunday, the arrest was yesterday, on Tuesday, only a couple days beforehand on Sunday, Matt uh, Petgrave received a standing ovation at the Sheffield Steelers game when his image was put up on the big video board. Draw your own conclusions about why this uh, overwhelming sympathy is being offered. But you know who isn't offering a lot of sympathy? That would be Adam Johnson's family. Uh, Adam Johnson's aunt, uh, aunt. You know, do you, Tim, do you say aunt or aunt? I go back and forth and I'm never confident in either. Uh, usually auntie, uh, auntie, auntie. I don't, See, I don't know. It's not something I've never really thought about. Yeah. I'm going to go with aunt right now, but that Pro sounds like. Probably, yeah, probably Arnie. Okay. Well, his, like we, his yeah, aunt. We pronounce it weird. Thank auntie. you. Thank you for your assistance. Uh, the aunt, uh, Carrie, in this case, she's speaking with media and she has offered a few quotes. Uh, first one here. It was very reckless, as in the uh, conduct of Petgrave. I just want police to get it right. We are looking for justice for Adam. She added in an interview with Sky News, uh, quote, yeah, we've seen people get cuts in hockey, maybe when they're, they've been down on the ice. Uh, have you ever seen a skate to the neck like that, though? Never. And the news coverage, the reason I say that it's deliberately unclear, now I understand, as I've just explained, police in England are not naming Petgrave as a suspect, at least yet pending the completion of the investigation. So if I want to be charitable, news not naming Petgrave could just be consistency with the police lead, consistency with police protocol. Okay, fine. I mean, we all know who you're talking about, but whatever. I got to say, though, that at least NBC's coverage, to me, is deliberately unclear because not only do they not mention Petgrave, at least as it relates to the arrest and they just say, quote, the man arrested, but then they say police are investigating whether any player's actions were an accident or criminal. South Yorkshire police say they've been carrying out extensive enquiries to piece together the events which led to the loss of Adam and consulted highly specialized experts in their field. The person arrested on suspicion of manslaughter has been released on bail this morning. Police saying the investigation continues. The question whether any player's actions were an accident or criminal. Okay, that last part though. 
any player. They're investigating whether any player did anything wrong. What other player killed him? What other player possibly committed a crime? How is Petgrave the same as any other player on that ice? Now, I'm not even saying he did commit a crime definitively. I am saying that it was his skate that cut the guy's neck. And that is a distinguishing factor between Petgrave and, quote, any player on the ice. And and the distinction at the end there is, is wrong, too. They're going to determine whether this was an accident or criminal. Well, it, those are not mutually exclusive. It can be both. If it's manslaughter, that's what we call a criminal accident, assuming negligence or recklessness. Uh, uh, what did you want to say, Tim? Yeah, so in regards to this, there's a few things. Firstly, I've done a bit of ice skating. I've not played hockey, admittedly, but I've done a bit of ice skating. I've never seen anyone make the move that Petgrave has made just pure accident. Even people that fall over, you don't suddenly fling your skate up behind you. That's not how it works. I've never seen that. Yeah. Um, the the footage is kind of um the footage I've seen is not the highest res or the clearest, but I just I don't understand what causes a foot to go up that high unless he like slipped on a banana peel on the ice or something like that. Actually I can't say that. That's racist for me to say that, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Slipped on a especially slippery piece of ice in the in the rink uh, uh sec- secondly that clip was uh edited down a little bit obviously i don't know if you caught in the original nbc clip when they were talking about it they mentioned pet grave in relation to what the incident was that occurred they didn't mention him in terms of um being arrested charges that sort of thing i don't know if you noticed when they actually mentioned him it sounded like they'd actually inserted the name with ai the name came through, and it was distinctly different from whoever was doing the voiceover for the story. I didn't catch I that, that and I don't really have the full thing ready, so I wouldn't be able to listen to it right now. But oh, maybe well, I'll go if back. you're linking, if you're linking the full thing for um the show notes, people, I, I really do think people should go back and listen to it because I'm wondering if maybe they didn't mention his name at all, and they thought, oh, we need to put it in, so they kind of artificially no pun intended, artificially stuck it into the story because hmm. it's very distinctively a different voice. Yeah, I didn't catch it that. It is not the... So... Uh, and so I don't know I don't know why they didn't put it in. Um, it, it just seemed weird to me. And the third thing is there are laws with how you're supposed to cover things and it's going to vary from country to country. I'm really fascinated by the idea of it internationally, though. Because if in if they don't cover it in England by saying the name of the person that got arrested, that's one thing. But does America need to stick to the UK's uh, media laws in terms of how they actually how they cover things? I'd be very curious on that. So yeah, I don't know, but uh, I'll definitely go back and listen for that AI voice. That's uh, an interesting tidbit. Okay, so that's the arrest in the uh, the hockey killing over in the UK. We also have arrests in the the fatal beating case of Jonathan Lewis, who uh, was 17 years old. On November 1st, Lewis was beaten by a mob of, first reports I saw said 15 teenage peers. Now police are saying 10, I guess. Uh, Predominantly teenage peers of color, which is probably why this is not a more significant story. This happened just blocks away from Rancho High School, where Jonathan went to school. Jonathan actually survived this attack that happened on November 1st. He survived almost a week until November 7th when he passed away after uh, doctors determined he had suffered non-survivable head trauma. And there is video of this beating. It is not material that I can show on the stream, but uh, we will link the sources to the show uh, as we do after every show. And you can check that out if you'd like to. Of course, most people have seen it by now. But you can see Jonathan on the ground. Uh, being beaten and kicked while totally overwhelmed and defenseless. The good Samaritan who tended to Jonathan after the beating says he was totally incapacitated by the time that guy got there to help him. Last night, it was reported that eight minors have now been arrested in connection with this beating. Uh, Now, I'm not clear what's going on with the other potentially seven. Again, the initial reports was 15 involved. Now, police are saying 10. Uh, According to this uh, Lieutenant, Jason Johansson of the uh, Vegas Police Department. But police are searching for at least two more. Again, they've they've identified and arrested and charged eight. They're looking for two more. They're releasing photographs of these individuals to try to find them. 
So there, there potentially will be further uh, ar- or additional uh, teenagers arrested and charged here. CNN quoted a Las Vegas undersheriff who said all eight individuals will be charged with the crime of murder. And that same Las Vegas police officer uh, says they will be charged as adults. Now, I'm not sure about the specific Nevada law that would apply here and what the rules are and what the age limits are, but it sounds like they are trying to bring severe punishment uh, against the teenagers involved in this beating, as it sounds like they should. But as far as uh, the specifics of what happened, this fight began apparently over a stolen pair of uh, wireless headphones is what happened and possibly a vape pen, they're saying, which was taken from friends of Jonathan. All parties involved apparently agreed to meet in the alley to fight about it. Through his uh, GoFundMe page, Jonathan's father, Jonathan Sr., says that Jonathan's girlfriend says that one of Jonathan's uh, friends is, is the guy who had the items stolen, that this particular person was smaller and this mob threw that smaller kid into the trash can. And that's when Jonathan confronted the group to intervene and defend his friend. And the mob then turned on him. Uh, the GoFundMe account has now raised over $111,000. And now uh, actually almost $113,000 now that I look. Let's refresh it. Yeah, it's now over $113,000. So it's um it's an absolutely horrific situation, but at least the police department is pursuing serious justice and the family is being taken care of financially. But uh, I listened to a little bit of Jonathan's father, and of course he uh, does not want people to politicize and he doesn't want to create additional conflict over this and he wants to honor his son's memory and I understand all of that. Uh, so I'm not trying to disrespect the father's wishes, but just from a public news consumption standpoint, I mean, does anyone seriously doubt that the media concern would be just a little bit higher if uh, if a lone black kid ha- had been beaten up by a bunch of white kids over something like this? Does anybody doubt that Biden would have been at the podium? Uh, this happened November 1st, that he would have been at the podium possibly on November 1st, if not November 2nd, to uh, describe what happened to the country and condemn racism and possibly implicate his political opponents over what happened here? It just makes you wonder uh, why some horrible crimes are far more horrible than others, at least through the lens of the media coverage. But, uh, uh, Tim, what do you want to say? So just to follow on from some of those questions you asked just then, let's not forget there was the Chicago, I think it was four, four um, well, legally there were adults, four adults that actually beat up the, I can't remember. Did he have autism? Something along those lines. He had some um, he had kind some of, of uh, he had something for sure. I remember that video. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you had the police chief there do the thing that, admittedly, I almost did as well. Of of you know, these are kids. Well, I shouldn't say they're kids because they are legally adults. Um, you also had similar to George Floyd. There was a guy. Someone can probably confirm for me in the chat. Tony Timber, I think his name was. Uh, uh, very yes, similar situation. Yeah. A white it was, the, it was Tony that, something. I remember. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a, a white guy that similar idea where uh, police had kneeled on him. He passed out. They were making fun of him. I don't know if anyone's seen the video. They I were have, literally yeah. kind of, they were joking around like, oh, you know, he's sleepy. Come on, time to get up, go to school. They were making fun of him. And I could guarantee you there's virtually no one that even knows that story. I didn't know about it until some, until a listener told me about it. And I could, the, the Tony Timpa, is that the name you said? It's something like that. Timpa, 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 something along those lines. Yeah. I I should find his exact name uh, because that case is exactly like uh, the way they want you to believe that George Floyd was like, yeah, exactly. With the and kneeling the on the neck and the mockery of him as he dies. Like they there were jokes made at his expense as he dies. And that's the, that's the thing. That's the thing. Um yeah, I mean there's Tony no, Timpa. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So regardless of how you view how the George Floyd case worked out um or how that situation happened rather, uh there wasn't, you know, there didn't seem to be anything overtly vindictive in it. Uh there wasn't, you know, you, you couldn't point to what was seen on the video. And from different angles, you could see he wasn't on his neck. It was on his kind of on his shoulder, pretty much on his shoulder blade sort of area. 
I can bring up the uh, the story here just for people to look this up on their own time because there is a, a recent update within the last month or so. End of September, jury awards Tony Timpa's son a million dollars in excessive force case. So the, I suppose sounds like they went back after the police officers in that case and got some money for the family. Uh, yeah, but, but I would yeah. question how many. I would question how many they've got money. How many of them are in jail though? I mean, you've got Jerry Shobin went to jail. Yeah. Uh, there was an officer who I think was it was like his first day or his first week. He was basically on training with him, who I believe recently got convicted or went recently went to jail. Um, yeah, yeah. Just in in relation to the questions you just asked, we've seen examples. We don't even need to ask the questions as hypotheticals. We've seen them. Yeah, nobody knows the name Tony Timpa. I admittedly forgot, even though I've talked about yeah. this before and I've seen the video. I couldn't remember his name because uh, it's it's not given the same attention. So, of course, uh, all the best to Jonathan Lewis Sr. and Jonathan's family, and uh, and, we'll see what kind of uh, prosecution they bring against the kids uh, who, I shouldn't say kids in that case, you're right, the young adults who who beat him up and uh, took his life. But... uh, I I was going to do a transition there about... um, about beatings, but that seems like it's in poor taste. If uh... yeah, probably slightly. Yeah. Well, okay. We're going to talk congressional beatings, and uh, I uh, I often shy away from routine congressional business topics because, um, frankly, they're so boring. You know, oh hey, the House just passed yet another uh, short-term budget with uh, with broad Democrat support, which is the reason we just ousted the last guy who did that. And uh, these things actually are hugely important for the welfare of our country. Uh, the endless cycle of, of tax and spend that has put us you know, 33 some trillion dollars in debt kind of matters a lot. So even though it's it's boring to talk about, it is actually crucially important. But not anymore. Now Congress is bailing us out a little bit because I think we're getting closer to being done pretending that this is some dignified house of honor or some sacred house of reverence like they constantly try to prop up when we're talking about january 6th or whatever else congress of course is moss eisley it is a wretched hive of scum and villainy and the sooner that those in congress stop pretending that this is some place of honor and dignity the better i say they should be open and honest about the fact that many of them are uh, are completely destroying our country and have no honor whatsoever uh tim you had a thought on that Ah, not not specifically. Maybe I've, oh, sorry. Maybe it was an expired hand raise. It <laughs> might have been. Although I can offer an idea on that. Wasn't it? You might. You'll know better than I. I presume because you're American, so maybe you've heard of this. Who was it? Someone challenged someone else to a duel within. Was it Congress? I can't remember who it was. It might have been Hamilton and someone. Oh, that yeah. Historically, that that wasn't Congress. I don't think, but uh, it was uh, Hamilton and Burr, right? Yeah, yes. I mean, it's not. It's not like there's no precedent in history for, you know, for people committing violence against other people within the American government. So, you know. Yeah, bring back the historical precedent. I say, and uh, I'm not going to mourn the loss of decorum. You know, I'm here for it. Turn Congress into fight night, which is kind of what happened this week, or at least uh, shades of it. At here at the um, at a hearing of the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee on Tuesday, Republican Senator. Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma was questioning Teamsters Union President Sean O'Brien. Now, a lot of the media presentation of this story that I've seen uh, sort of glosses over or reads or presents in a way that might lead you to believe that Mullen just went after this Teamsters president to challenge him to a fight. Uh, Mullen was actually responding to or bringing back up a tweet from O'Brien, this Teamsters president, from earlier this year. I think it was in uh, June. But O'Brien tweeted about Mullen back then, quote, a greedy CEO who pretends he's self-made, in reality, just a clown and fraud, always has been, always will be, quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, anytime, cowboy. So uh, my understanding is they've had some uh, interesting back and forth as part of uh, congressional hearings in the past. And Sean O'Brien goes to Twitter and says, hey, man, I'll fight you anytime you want. So now that O'Brien this week is back to testify before the Senate committee, Mullen used his time to ask him if he'd like to make good on those words. 
And here is the moment before Bernie Sanders had to come in and ruin it all. Like he's self-made. Sir, I wish he was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company. Myself and my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard and long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. You want to run your mouth? We can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your Sorry. solution? Every problem. No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. <laughs> Uh, all right. I, I love that. Is that how you solve your problems? Well, dude, you're the one that proposed the fight in the first place. So if you if you start the shit talking and then you back off, I mean, whose fault is that really? Now, at one point in the hearing, Mullen proposed that the two fight for charity at an event next spring. Mullen is apparently a former MMA fighter. I don't know how skilled or accomplished or not, but apparently has some fighting experience. O'Brien, despite saying any time, any place, apparently declined to participate in this charity fight. And he suggested that they meet for coffee instead. And Mullen apparently accepted that offer. I, for one, hope that it is a, a coffee fight at uh, McDonald's temperatures is hopefully uh, how they resolve this. Tim, what do you want to say? From what I've heard, uh, Mullen is, uh, was undefeated. He only did a few fights. So I think it was five and oh from memory. Um, okay. Not, well, that's something. Admittedly, I've not. Admittedly, I've not verified that myself personally. Yeah. Um. I think someone was looking it up on a stream. Is where I saw it. So okay. well, apparently, he's undefeated. But it is a very kind of. It's not like a, a long storied career where that you can really measure from. So yeah. Well, all right. But he has some experience. I want to see it. That is not the only potential congressional fight that. Uh, well, th this one was somewhat realized, if you believe the claim. Because also on Tuesday, Republican Congressman Tim Burchett of Tennessee, Burchett or Burchett, I don't know, but I'll go with Burchett. Uh, this congressman accused former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy of elbowing him in the kidneys while Burchett was speaking with a reporter at the Capitol. Burchett is uh, one of uh, the eight Republican members of Congress who voted to oust McCarthy last month. Burchett has long been heavily critical of McCarthy. So here is Burchett describing what happened with a CNN reporter. Explain to us what happened with you and Kevin McCarthy. Well, I was doing an interview um, with um, Claudia from NPR. And at that time, I uh, got elbowed in the back and it kind of caught me off guard because it was a clean shot to the kidneys. And I turned back and there was there was Kevin, as I've stated many times, he's a he's a bully with 17 million dollars in a security detail. You know, he's the type of guy that when you're a kid would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt. OK, McCarthy denies the accusation and says if he were to hit or elbow Burchett, uh, well, then he'd be on the ground. McCarthy calling any physical contact between the two men purely accidental. If I kidney punch him, he'd be on the ground. So come on. Now, I'm not sure that a punch from Kevin McCarthy anywhere is going to knock anyone to the ground. So on the record, I doubt that one. But um, I doubt it. At first, I also doubted Burchett's story. Uh, one member of Congress violently attacks another at the Capitol. Seems like this the sort of thing that uh, people would... Uh, would see or have video of or have a lot to say about. But to Burchett's story, uh, the that reporter he mentioned at NPR is backing him up, at least partially. This is Claudia Grisales, who was interviewing Burchett at the time of the incident. She tells CNN that Burchett was shoved. She thought it was a joke, but she saw uh, that McCarthy was surrounded. It, it was This was done by McCarthy, and McCarthy was surrounded by his security detail. She says she could tell from Burchett's reaction that it was not a joke at all. I'm still going to be skeptical based on that claim. Uh, she couldn't tell from the violence itself that it wasn't a joke, but she could tell from the guy's reaction. Well, his reaction could be an overreaction, especially if the two have kind of a tense uh, rivalry or conflict to begin with. 
And if this is as serious as described, uh, it, it would be a crime, I would think. Uh, would this, at least a misdemeanor or something, would this reporter support a criminal charge as a witness to bring that particular charge? Uh, she hasn't said anything to that effect. Maybe she would. I don't know. I'm not saying she wouldn't. But if this is as serious as described, I have to question why no one seems to be pursuing uh, any any sort of legal remedy to the matter. Uh, but I suppose it's, it's, it's beside the point because I don't necessarily care about justice in Congress. There is no such thing. I care about them beating each other up so there's nobody left to beat us up anymore. So I hope Kevin McCarthy sharpens up those elbows. Uh, Tim, what do you want to say? I do find it funny that, um, that uh, who was it? Tim, whatever his name is, uh, said, you know, Kevin McCarthy's a bully and McCarthy comes out with, if I hit him, he would be on the ground. It's like, way to prove his point there, genius. I guess, yeah. yeah I that, mean, was, it, that was really well done. It um, does also, uh, potentially imply some aggression. But again, if you're, if not that anyone's justified in violent aggression, it's just, if you're intimidated by the prospect of Kevin McCarthy violent aggression, not with a gun, not with a knife, just straight up Kevin McCarthy fisticuffs, uh, uh, that's not very intimidating. It's not very scary. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so there is that. Also, I'm backed up by a journalist. Uh, okay, that that's a great credible source. Fantastic. Thanks for that. Yeah, I suppose that's counter evidence more than confirmation. Yeah, yeah. Especially considering but, it's NPR. But I mean, looking at these two stories, by the way, also, who was the guy that body slammed a journalist? I can't for life remember. Oh, I will is. never forget because you know who that is. That is the governor of my great state, Montana, Greg Gianforte. And he so, body yeah, slammed that Huffington Post reporter, not just anywhere, but right here in my hometown of Bozeman, Montana. In fact, the very site of that body slamming is a mere four to five miles from my current location, maybe fewer. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah that, that was love, him. Sorry. I just I look, I look yeah. back on that at the time. At the time, I took a very principled stance and I said, you know, I get it, but I can't support violent aggression. Now, I think I was wrong. I think he. <laughs> Now I understand well, where where he's coming from. And if anything, we need more journalists body slammed in this country. It's quite enjoyable just watching American politics and going, "What is going on over there?" Like we're a country of convicts, and even we're not that violent in Parliament. Like, what is going on? With you guys? I thought I'm looking at the soundboard because I thought I had Gianforte in here saying, "Get the hell out of here!" Right after he body slammed him. Because if people don't know the body slam, uh, it's not on video, but what happened is that Greg Gianforte running for a, a special congressional election in 2017. It's on election night. And uh, there's this nerdy, annoying Huffington Post reporter trying to get into his campaign headquarters party place in downtown Bozeman here. And he won't take no for an answer. And so he's apparently, th this guy is recording the audio, trying to interview who would be shortly become our congressman from Montana, because we had one district at the time, uh, Greg Gianforte. And so Greg Gianforte tells him to go away. He's not going away until eventually Greg Gian, you, you, the funniest part about it is you can't see it. You can only hear it. So you can tell Greg Gianforte is getting pissed. The guy won't go away until it's just this, the sound of him getting roughed up and this nerdy reporter, you just body slammed to me. You bet my glasses. You bet my glasses. Get the hell out of here. Oh, I, I, I'll be I'll be reporting this. I'll be uh, making this. No, no, it's, it's it's the best part about it is envisioning it in your head. Yeah, yeah. I do agree with Otto Mac that yeah, and it sounds like bullshit. I, I agree with his viewpoint that a Huffington, Huffington Post reporter, if that happened, they would shatter like the T-1000 in Terminator 2. It could not happen without them just yeah. coming to pieces. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and to be clear, no, I'm not saying you get to beat people up just because they're annoying. I, I, all I'm saying is if you listen to that audio, tell me you didn't smirk. That's all I'm saying. I've, I'm always torn with that of, of journalists kind of chasing after people or getting in their face. I'm like, I, I get what they're trying to do, but I'm all, always torn in the idea on the idea of. I think a person has every right to kind of try and forcefully remove them from if they're getting in their face, you know, so yeah, I'm I mean, kind of torn on that. This does sound like a case of trying to enter private property without authorization. I mean, maybe there's a case that he was trespassing and, and committed an aggression himself. 
in any case, the state of Montana didn't see it that way. Greg Gianforte did, I think, plead guilty to a misdemeanor charge of some sort of assault or battery. I uh, had to go undergo some anger management. But to my point about smirking, you know what happened? He was immediately elected to Congress. So it was not an electoral liability at all. Montana voters, uh, I'm trying to remember the timeline. I think that happened, I can't remember if it was election day or the night before, but I think it was I think it was the night before and Montana voters went to the polls the next day and still voted for him. And he yeah, went yeah. to Congress and now he's our governor. So even if the timeline doesn't line up where people had voted for him before that happened uh, in 2020, he ran for governor and he wiped the floor with our two term Democrat um, or no, he that's uh, Bullock ran for Senate. Who did Gianforte run against? Anyway, doesn't matter. He voters knew that he body slammed a reporter a couple of years prior and they still voted him to uh, to be our governor. So, yeah, and that's that's the thing. I think people kind of I think there's people in government or people that, uh, you know, campaign managers, whatever, that don't really understand that people like the humanity of uh, of um, politicians. We had a guy who was prime minister here who was just the biggest nerd you could possibly think of, who got they reported that he went to a strip club. A whole bunch of people just went, oh, I kind of like him now. He seems kind of interesting. I don't think they understood that people like the humanity. Uh, if you can present people in the human sense of politicians, I don't think they understand that people actually kind of like that, you know? Yeah, I think they like the authenticity better than an act, for sure. Even if yeah, um, yeah. the authenticity is questionable, even if there's some uh, moral flaw to it. And yeah, there was with Gianforte. But I think people would prefer that to the extent it's more representative of a real person than some act that we're accustomed to with our politicians. So I think you got a point there. But yeah, um, yeah. we're running out the hour here. So uh, there's one more thing I want to talk about, and then we'll leave some time for Super Chat, too. But I got to talk about the uh, Target holiday merchandise. Thanks for bringing this to my attention, too. Um, my first video on Tenet last week was breaking down a recent interview with the Target CEO in which he doubles down on all the nonsense that's sinking the company and in part uh, of that interview, he said that the backlash to pride merchandise, like the tuckable tranny uh, swimsuit over the summer, uh, that the backlash to all that was actually more dangerous for Target workers than the 2020 riots, which ravaged that Minneapolis store and many others. And you would think at some point that just raw market reality would trump ideology and pissed off shareholders who've lost half their stock value, thanks to this clown, among other people in company leadership, that they would start revolting against those leading the company. Not yet. Apparently has not uh, gotten bad enough because Target is now rolling out its Christmas merchandise. I think I have to say holiday merchandise, don't I? I don't know if I can call it Christmas, which includes a gay and a gay and trans pride nutcracker. And a black disabled Santa Claus in a wheelchair, among other items. Now, the Nutcracker, I think, is actually partially appropriate. To properly transition, you might need a Nutcracker or a sausage slicer. So I suppose that kind of makes sense. But um, well, and then here, here's disabled Santa, disabled black Santa. In fairness to disabled black Santa, there is also disabled white Santa behind him. I assume... Either Santa broke his legs sliding down the chimney or something. But as you uh, sent to me, Tim, Target does have a page on their website now devoted entirely to African-American Santas, which is very odd phrasing to me because Santa is not he doesn't live in the United States. So he's he lives in the North Pole. These are African North Polian Santas, are they not? And then even more confusingly, right above, it, it, they're promoting their Black Friday merchandise. I'm wondering, why is it not African-American Friday? It's all very hard to understand. But uh, yeah, you can get your all of your Black Santa merchandise or your Pride Nutcracker this holiday. Funny thing I've always wondered about this Target merchandise that never sells. Uh, at least it doesn't sell around here. Now, maybe if you're in a different uh, area, you can tell me how these things just fly off the shelves and I'm wrong. All right. Well, here at the Bozeman Mines Hannah Target, these things do not sell at all. During COVID, it was especially noticeable. Like you'd go into Target, they're sold out of everything you care about. They're, they're sold out of diapers. They're sold out of toilet paper. They're sold out of hygiene products. They're sold out of socks and underwear, the things that you go into Target to buy. 
At our Target, there's Black History Month end cap fully stocked. No one ever bought a single item off of it. In June, there's the Pride end cap fully stocked. Nobody buys it. And I always wonder every time I see these things, which I, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't see anymore because I have no business going into Target anymore. I, anyway, when I saw these things in the past, uh, I, I would always wonder, okay, it's like today's February 27th and all of your Black History Month stuff is still fully stocked. Do you have the balls to change this Black History Month end cap to a clearance end cap on March 1st? Or your Pride Month end cap, your, your display there. Will you change that on July 1st to a clearance rack and uh, give them the heavy discounts that they are due? No, they never do. They never do because that would be perceived as racism or homophobia or whatever bigotry. And so I always wonder, where does it go? All of the Black History Month stuff, all of the Pride Month stuff that never sells at Target or the other retailers that indulge in this nonsense, where does it go? And I have to believe, just like the Super Bowl loser t-shirts, there must be a village in Africa or maybe an entire country in Africa with thousands of uh, impoverished children. And they're all wearing uh, Target Pride Month clothes that didn't get purchased right before Al-Shabaab rolls into this village and chops all their heads off. But that that's my theory on what happens to all of this, this merchandise. Tim, what'd you have to say? You know what this reminds me of? And I think you might've covered this on your Sunday show back in the day when it first came out and was first released. Do you remember the, the book that was about basically Mr. Claus and Mr. Claus? One was white, one was black. Yeah, the gay Santa Claus book back, from back in the day. Yeah. It reminds me of that. It's just, it, you just look at this going, and this one always baffles me because I look at this and go, is this supposed to be one of those you can't be what you can't see things? Because first and foremost, and sorry to burst the bubble for anyone that's 30 and still thinks this, Santa's not real, so you can't be him anyway. Secondly, he's not supposed to be representing an individual. He I is don't supposed think to be so, another Tim. person. <laughs> that's not going to get annoying at all, I'm sure. Um <laughs> Like, he's not supposed to represent... It's not like a superhero where, theoretically, you're supposed to be able to see yourself in the... It's Santa Claus. He's always supposed to be someone else. Is that... Like, I've always thought that was the point, so... Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that young me looked at Santa Claus with uh, racial identity in mind. I just... I, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just... But whatever. It's just odd. And it's just odd. By the way, the two gay... The gay Santas, one black, one white... A lot of people don't realize this. You remember the other thing that you guys would have covered? Uh, well, shit, is this a couple of years ago now? The superhero team with the fat girl with the Mary Poppins backpack and Snowflake and Safe Space and all that. The mm. new New Warriors, I think it was called. Can't remember. For anyone that doesn't realize this, the Gay Santa book book was written by the same guy that did that comic. Which, by the way, I don't know if that comic ever actually came out. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, thank you for the tip on the target stuff. I can't wait to, uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see how these things don't sell at all. And they'll rationalize I'm, it away. Um, I'm really disappointed. I actually jumped on Google and had a look and thought, I wonder if we can get them here. No, they don't seem to be available. Anywhere oh, I can, here. I can send you a black disabled Santa if you'd like, that's no problem. I'm really tempted just so I can stick on the, you know, parents tree or maybe my okay. sister well, i don't know we'll talk i don't know offline. i'm sure we can this year, but, I'm sure we can figure yeah. that out although international shipping is uh a pain in the ass but especially around christmas it might yeah. it might not get to new, get here till new year but anyway anyway let's uh let's catch up with a few super chats and uh and we'll call it a stream and i think you know we might be able to read them all uh this evening because i think we have just a few of them so it won't be uh yeah we've only got a few hang on let me just uh bring it up now, someone did ask about Rumble. I've not figured out Rumble chat just yet, so I think, Matt, you're probably reading Rumble. Um, I do I've have Rumble up, um, but I don't see any on, on Rumble, so I think we're good there. I don't know if anyone has actually sent any, but, yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to read them this week if anyone... Oh, yeah, that's right. To. You can't look at it. Yeah, we're good on Rumble. but uh, So we'll just catch up with YouTube here. And we'll call okay. it a night. Uh, we didn't, we didn't work out who reads them, so I guess I'll just read them. But if you want that task in the future, I suppose. We oh, can I assumed I read. I, I assumed that's why you gave me the access. I can read them. I've got them loaded up and ready to go. 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it, this is the Matt Christensen hour, right? I should read. I should read the chats. Uh, well, P, yeah, P convenience says, uh, hey, Tenet Media, can you mirror your content on alternate say, sites like the uh, uh, like BitChute? Uh, please and thanks. I will certainly relay that request. Um, you know, the the management of the platforms is not up to me, but uh, I can make that ask. And I know it's very easy to do, uh, like you said, because um, you just go to BitChute or you go to Odyssey or you can even do it on Rumble, but you just click a button and it imports the YouTube content. I don't know if that's what they're wanting to do, but I can certainly make that request. And, and for now, if you're looking for a different place to watch the stream away from some of the worst of the overlords, Rumble would be the place. Uh, and then, uh, video plan. Yeah, I think, I think rumble is the, uh, the only other video platform. There's going to be some audio platforms coming soon as well. But like I mentioned last week, those are not yet set up, but they're coming. Uh, thank you. P convenience. Appreciate it. Jay says, Nikki Haley is just helping Larry Fink to, uh, to, to put, <laughs> to push his forced behaviors. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I, I suppose so. Uh, long Dong John. Thank you, Jay. Uh, I have to say this anonymously. Nikki Haley deserves a LaDonna. Well, people who listen to my Sunday show will know what that means. I guess I can, uh, I don't know. I mean, they told me I didn't have to make a clean production on this show. I, you know, I, I want to, I asked, um, is it okay if I say like swear words or, you know, like my Sunday show is rough around the edges. Is it okay if I like, it's not that it's not okay, but I asked like, what's your vision for, the quote unquote professionalism of this project and this production. And, um, and I, you know, I wasn't asked to clean up anything. So, um, even though I said, I'm asking to, uh, even though I said last week, I'm planning to, to clean up the presentation of this show, like 50%, I suppose I can, um, I can drop a LaDonna. Now, if people don't know what a LaDonna is, that is this particular soundbite. It's not against the law. Oh, fuck you. And what that is from if people want to find it, because it's one of the funniest videos of the last year, I would say. Uh, it was in Seattle. Uh, what it was was this um, this black woman named LaDonna yelling at an Asian woman at a, uh, a gas station and uh, making all sorts of racist remarks. And this Asian woman is recording her saying, uh, that's very racist of you. Those are unkind things to say. And LaDonna responds, among other, with, uh, among other pieces of commentary, with that particular remark. It's not against the law, ho, F you. Uh, some, Seattle Asian woman yelled at by black woman, racist. Let me see if I can find it. There, uh, if you want, I've, yeah, I was going to say, I've found it on Twitter before. I can send you the link for the show notes I know, if you want. So. I know you can find it, the full video in a Reddit post because I had to find it the other day for someone. Here we go. I'll put this up on the screen if people want to see the comedy because, you know, spreading the uh, word of LaDonna is very important to my online presence. <laughs> okay. It, uh, the, the title of the Reddit post from the Seattle subreddit here from a year ago, Asian woman records a racist woman telling her to eat dog with rice. That's what you want to find on Reddit to uh, to observe the legend of LaDonna. It is uh, a minute and 13 seconds long if you want to watch the whole clip. Anyhow, I think uh, we're all set on chats for the moment. Yeah, it looks like we're good. Uh, oh, one more over on uh, on Rumble. Uh, <sighs> oh, my God. I, I recognize your name from my stream on my own channel. Nia. Dude, don't worry about pronouncing my name. Making sure you get a rumble rant. Well, thanks for sending the uh, the rant. And yes, it did work. Uh, as far as your name, man, Ni One Krapopolis Six Six. That's my best attempt. That is a very complicated username. I can't do any better than that. But uh, all right, we will uh, we'll call it there. Tim, did you have anything else to say before we uh, get out of here? Oh no, I just appreciate all the encouragement and chat. Like uh, Australians are retard and get rid of the Australian. That <laughs> very nice of you guys. All right, very sweet. Well, we we take your input and your reviews and your uh, your thoughts on the production very seriously. So uh, Tim is officially fired. Get the hell out of here. I We're don't think so, Tim. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for uh, tuning in live. Uh, appreciate your support for the show and. Uh, Appreciate uh, you if you're tuning in later as well on demand. Thanks for supporting the show and uh, helping to make it a success. 
And uh, you can find us next week, each and every week going forward, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Every Wednesday night is when we go live. Hope to see you then. You can find more from me at mattchristensenmedia.com as well, by the way. Until next Wednesday, have a good night. Not guys. <laughs>